0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for joining me today. have a very important episode today for you. It looks like we have three pages from the manifesto of the shooter in the Nashville uh, school shooting uh, that happened earlier this year that that was perpetrated by a transitionist. And it has a lot of really important information, a lot of things you might have expected, but some things that are also surprising. It was originally obtained by Stephen Crowder is louder with Crowder show, but it looks like there has been some level of confirmation. People were worried at first that it might not be legitimate. However, we've heard from the national mayor's office that it looks like they're investigating how this information could have gotten out, which means there's likely some truth here. Now I'm guessing this is also incomplete. Again, it's only three pages and from what I have heard from people who are familiar with this story in depth it looks like there is more to this so we do not have the complete picture but we do have critical elements and so we're going to be getting into that today guys but before we do just remember that the shooting in Nashville was not the only thing that the government has been trying to cover up of course we had the fires in August of 2023 in Maui And of course, that's something that the Biden administration has wanted to keep under wraps. They wanted to keep that as low profile as possible, even though it was a terrible tragedy. The events leading up to the wildfire have been left unclear intentionally by many of the authorities because it looks like there's a lot of inept operation going on. They wanted people to forget, but of course, people at the Blaze have not forgotten. And so Blaze Media has decided to go to Maui and they put together This documentary about the story that has been buried during this whole thing reveals everything that you never heard uh, that was never really given out to the public and includes actual audio from the 911 calls. The story is exclusive to Blaze TV. It's one of the new Blaze original documentary series that will be coming out. And so if you're not a Blaze TV subscriber and you'd like to see this, if you'd like to understand more about what really happened in Maui, you can, of course, go ahead and subscribe to the Blaze if you go ahead and use the uh, promo code Blaze TV Plus, it'll give you $36 off your subscription. That's Blaze TV Plus for $36 off the subscription. And then you can understand more about what happened in that documentary. And of course, guys, before we get started with the manifesto today, let's go ahead and hear from today's sponsor. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend that you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Maid uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Maid sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacteria growth which lets them stay clean and fresh three times longer than other sheets. Miracle sheets are very comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice as bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. You don't need to sleep with bacteria that clogs your pores, causing breakouts and in acne. Instead, you can sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash Oren to try Miracle made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, If you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use the promo code ORIN at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an additional 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle made today. Go to trymiracle.com slash ORIN and use the code ORIN to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com/oran to treat yourself. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get into this real quick. I'll bring it up so it's easier to see. So I'm not going to go line by line because YouTube gets a little weird when it comes to this kind of stuff, and I want to be careful with kind of the restrictions. However, I want to first before we get into this manifesto set a the stage for what things were like after this happened. Many people may have forgotten at this point that was the whole point. They wanted you to forget. But obviously, there was this incredibly terrible shooting. We had a a transitionist who decided to go in and shoot up a school in Nashville. It was a Christian school. And when they went in, they ended up killing three students, three children, all of which who were nine years old. And then three staff members. So, just a horrific crime uh, perpetrated before the uh, police were able to eventually stop the active shooter situation. Now, the really critical thing to remember at this time is the way that the government and the media reacted. So, usually, when you have a terrible crime like this, you expect there to be a great outpouring of sympathy for the victims, right? You handle light vigils and and concerts songs written uh news stories profiling the the people who died and and the terrible things that the shooter who did that believed these are all things that you would normally expect during this time we saw something very different in this moment with this shooting because of the identity of the shooter and because of the identity of the victims now We did not have, even though we knew that there was a manifesto of some kind, we did not have those documents available. And so there's nothing but speculation. Now, normally in a situation like this, where the perpetrator is someone who has a leftist bent, the pattern is usually upplay the the problem with guns, right? So if you've ever noticed this pattern, it's pretty obvious when the perpetrator is a Trump supporter or uh, you know some kind of uh, extremist that is thought to be to be a right wing then you focus on the politics on the ideology on the identity however when the person who's the perpetrator is someone who might be more left wing has the wrong racial makeup has the wrong politics you focus on the guns right that that's the shell game that usually gets played when these kinds of things take place however during this event that was not the case the focus was on the identity of the shooter, and the media just assumed that was the reason things happened. So rather than doing their normal pivot to the danger of guns and the need for legislation, gun control, those kind of things, they actually leaned into the assumption that the identity of the shooter was the reason, and they justified. That was the reaction of the left. That was the reaction of the media. The media almost uniformly said, oh, well, Tennessee had just passed a law protecting children from sexualization in schools from this ideology, this trans ideology. And so the motivation must have been that. And by the way, the implication was they had it coming. That, that was literally the way that the media and, and much of the left portrayed this, uh, that they had this coming, that the parents deserved this, especially Christian parents. They probably didn't agree with the trans agenda. And so they definitely deserved it. And so the motivation most people assumed was one of uh, religion and political ideology. And the left embraced this explanation, ran with this explanation, and justified acts on this explanation. In case you think I'm overstating the case here, let me explain how wild this moment was, because I think it's it's just evaporated from most people's minds. So Charlotte Clymer, a trans activist, got on MSNBC and berated Christians for their intolerance of trans people and explain why this was was probably uh, a contributing factor. You had the White House go forward with the Trans Day of Visibility right after a trans activist had murdered children, Christian children. They honored trans people. And Joe Biden actually called trans children the soul of the country. Madonna declared that she was going to have a Benefit concert, but the benefit concert was not for the school. It was not for the community. It was not for the families of the dead children or the or the uh, staff that were murdered. It was for again the trans community. There were protests in the Tennessee House and I believe I think it was the Kentucky House uh, that the, they were stormed. These capitals were stormed, a la like January sixth style. There were people forcing their way in, pushing against the police, fighting uh, with authorities. And they came in, and when they protested, they specifically mentioned that there were seven victims, not six. That means that they were actively including the shooter and saying that they were a victim. So they were claiming the victimhood of the perpetrator in this moment. They were protesting on behalf of and in support of this violent act. I know that all sounds wild. That You, you, you think back, you're like, that can't have, that can't have been true. That, that's not real. No, that was a very real moment that happened in the United States. There was an active declaration of support for violence against Christians, specifically Christian children in the United States on the assumption again, with, with no, with no uh, confirmation at that time, official confirmation because it had been blocked about what the actual motivation was. Now we have here, it looks like, Pages And again, I think there is more from people I've talked to from sources I have talked to. It looks like there is likely much more to this. This is this is not the entirety of the story. However, it does seem like it's legitimate because we do have the mayor of Nashville complaining about this leak investigating this leak, they wouldn't be investigating a false leak. Uh, They would just say this is not real. And so it looks like what we have here is a verified piece of something. Now I also want to remind you before we get into uh, to, to what the shooter um, ha- had as a motivation, I want to get to remind you that during this time where the FBI and the DOJ and other law enforcement agencies have been covering up this information, have you know, we get the we got the immediate motivation for so many other acts of violence, especially political acts of violence. Right away, especially if they were contributed to right wing sources, we got those right away after they happen. But this one in particular was constantly being covered up, even though we know. That they had the information, this was constantly being covered up and the the idea was always okay, well, it's because this is left. This is obviously going to be motivated by leftism is going to be motivated by Democratic talking points, by leftist talking points, by activists on the left. And they don't want this information to get out. That was always the thought. But during that time, the FBI declared, and they have declared, I'm writing a piece on this. It'll probably, probably come out uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, uh, the FBI declared Trump supporters as their own specific category of domestic threat in the United States. So, So in the interim, between when this occurred, and and when we finally see pieces of the motivation uh, evidence of what actually happened here we dis- we had the president of the united states indicted multiple times uh so the direct or sorry the former president of the united states Donald Trump the 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 person who will be sorry you know presidential hopefuls the person who will be barring some kind of random uh, insane miracle the presidential uh uh, nominee for the Republican party will be the major opposing candidate to the sitting president has been indicted right So criminalization of him. We had Douglas Mackey sentenced to seven months of jail for making a meme for making fun of Hillary Clinton. and we had uh we of course have had parents stalked by the FBI for protesting um you know d- gender indoctrination in schools and and sexual assault by transgender individuals on onto innocent girls at schools. We've had the United States government target their political opponents over and over again, the uh, pro-life protesters, all kinds of people like that, constantly bringing them uh, in of course, January 6, all the all the insane cases, people who are never even in the building who, who are tra- tangential, getting insane uh, charges. All of that has occurred, right? All of that has occurred. That's been where the FBI has been spending its time and its resources. These are the people who have been criminalized in the United States. However, this individual was basically lionized. I don't know if you remember this, but the Daily Mirror actually ran an article talking about how whimsical the artwork of this person was. And by the way, I'm not saying this person's name uh, on purpose. Uh, I, I know that the, the image is in the thumbnail. There's some level of identification that, that unfortunately occurs, but I try not to, uh, not to motivate copycats and, and, and other people by, uh, by kind of making these people household names as much as possible that that said like you there's only so much you know, that's unavoidable just going through the news and explaining things however I, I do try to avoid that uh i'm not i'm not like respecting pronouns oh yeah by the way and don't forget the the you know the media actually actively corrected pronouns in real time of the of law enforcement who were trying to tell them about the shooter So when the law enforcement was telling them about the shooter, the media was like, no, 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 that's that's a wrong name or that's wrong pronouns. You need to switch those actively while they were talking about the murder of children. So this is the environment that has occurred between between kind of then and now. So, like I said, only three pages, probably more here. Um, Remember that there's going to probably more that comes out. I think there's probably a larger story now that some of this is out. You're probably going to see the rest come. Uh, some people have in, have suggested that these pages are cherry-picked, that there's a larger story that implicates more ideologies and not just the ones on display here. Obviously, I cannot speak to that. Uh, however, I will say that what is here is very clear. It's not, it's not really ambiguous as to what motivations are. And whatever additional pages reveal about the events or motivations surrounding this incident, these motivations are clearly present. And so we we can only work with the information we have now. We are in a bit of a fog of war situation. I will fully admit that. However, I think it it is responsible to take what we have at the moment, given that there does seem to be confirmation that the information that we have so far uh, is is a legitimate source. So, that said, the first thing we look at here is the celebration. Looks like there's, there's a celebration here by this person about what they were about to do. Obviously, this is an incredibly mentally disturbed individual. It is unsurprising that somebody who's already suffering from gender dysphoria and has already taken steps towards uh, making serious mistakes with kind of their physical appearance and body is, is mentally disturbed. That's, that's unsurprising. Those, these are people who, who should be receiving real medical tr- treatment, not the barbarism that we call medical treatment uh, for the, this illness today. Uh, and so unsurprisingly, this person is very disturbed. Now, again, this is why so many people assume that the attack would be related to Christianity, uh, that this would be an attack that is, that was focused uh, with its hatred on Christianity. That might be revealed later on. We might see more of that, however, right now, uh, we we don't have that in the the transfesto here. Uh, and so uh, we're we're just looking again, we're working with what we have. We're not try not to speculate. On what might be revealed later on, once more of this is available. So they're talking about how the day has finally come, and they can't believe it's here, and and they're nervous, and they 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 talk you know just terrible language about horrific language about their victims, and they hope they don't get away, and they hope they're not lucky. The most critical thing for this page, the thing that that, that I think is really important here, uh, the beyond just depicting the incredible uh disturbed nature of of the uh of the perpetrator here is the fact that they say they, that they can't believe they didn't get caught in the summer of 2021. Now this is definitely a reason I think there's more here. Okay. If, if this person expected to be caught years ago, then that means there's an event that occurred that signaled obviously that they were very disturbed and that they were planning something terrible. And the fact that that did not trigger an investigation or that that was not completed. Again, this is, this is all speculation. We don't know. We have been kept in the dark on purpose by law enforcement. This was this is a, a travesty. Uh, and the people involved should be removed from office, should be removed from their positions of leadership. Uh, the public should not have been kept in the dark this long about a tragedy of this magnitude that was obviously motivated by hateful rhetoric and and, and ideologies. Uh, however, it looks like at some point the perpetrator did something, triggered something that would have expected them to be caught two years prior. So that means we probably have failures in the system. We probably have failures to report. We probably have failures to notice red flags. Uh, it is, again, speculation because we have been purposely kept in the dark by the media, by the authorities. But we, this is all we can do because this is all that we have. Uh, It probably means that there was some kind of ideological reason why they were not allowed to further investigate or further identify this individual as a threat. Again, we don't know, right? I've heard speculation that terrible things happened at the school, that something might have happened that triggered this. Again, there's just we just don't know. And we've been and we've been purposely misled. We've been purposely kept in the dark. On this issue, however, the one thing we do know for sure is that the individual in question does identify that in the summer of 2021 there was an event that they believe should have made it obvious or should have gotten them caught, and they were not caught, which means there were there were failures on multiple levels uh, that allowed this horrific tragedy to continue. All right, let's go ahead and look at our next one here. So. This is this is where we get into the ideology, unfortunately. Um, again, top of the page, terrible, disturbing. Uh, this is somebody who uh, should have been um, removed from the population, uh, put into a mental hospital or a prison or or something else. This is an individual who should not have been uh, roaming around in society. Uh, very clear that this is an incredibly dangerous human being. So at the top of this, we see the first motivation listed. Uh, the individual, the, the perpetrator, refers to the victims of their crime as crackers uh, repeatedly. He refers to the victims of her crime as crackers repeatedly. Uh, there is obviously um, a motivation here that is tied to the racial rhetoric of the left. This is This is... Uh, later on here, uh, she talks about uh, the white privilege of the people that she is about to uh, kill. Uh, talks about the violence that she's going to do to their blonde hair, their yellow hair, and so this is somebody who is very clearly targeting people uh, due to a anti-white hatred. Now, obviously, the perpetrator themselves is white, and so what we have here is someone who is not targeting. Someone of a different race due to racial hatred, but people of their own race due to racial hatred. And how do you get somebody to target their own race due to that kind of hatred? Well, uh, it t- it starts with a lot of indoctrination, right? It starts with the kind of indoctrination that we have going on across our entire media, across our schools, across our corporations, in our movies, in our news. It's the kind of thing that people feel really comfortable saying out loud without any fear of repercussion, even though we're told that racism is evil and that racial hatred is evil, which it is, by the way, and that you know, it's the worst thing that a per- person could do. We're told all these things. However, there is a group that is constantly allowed to be treated as a target of racial hatred, and that is white people. Uh, it is something that it, that is very common. And in fact, encouraged in academia, in our media. And we can see that that very dangerous and volatile rhetoric manifests itself. Now, again, we only have three pages here, guys. I'm not saying this is the only motivation. We might find out this is not the primary motivation. We might find out that there is is much more going on. So I'm not not trying to say, because again, we have been purposely left in the dark by our authorities. that, that this is the only motivation. However, you can see why they would leave us in the dark about this, right? You can see why they would cover this up because this is not the narrative. This is not the narrative that we are supposed to hear from our government. The narrative is that you know people of European descent are the oppressors. They're the victimizers. They are the ones with hate, hate in their heart. They are the racists. They are the ones who visit terrible things upon minorities. But we see here that actually hatred is just hatred and that racial hatred can be manifested against any group and that allowing this type of rhetoric is dangerous. There is all, all this garbage about oppressor and oppressed, and it's okay to say these things about white people because they hold power. All this garbage is a lie. And we always knew it's a lie. We've always known it's a lie. We always knew this is dangerous. No group. Should be talked about this way. And talking about a group this way will inevitably lead to violence against that group. That's the purpose of dehumanizing rhetoric, is to justify violence. No one should ever be allowed to use this kind of language against any racial group in public. And allowing this against any racial group is a clear indication that you would allow, you would let violence occur, that you encourage violence against them. And we can see it, again, manifested here. We don't know. We don't know if this is the only motivation. We don't know if this is the primary motivation. We don't know if this uh, this comment is tied to other things. And that this is maybe this is just a manifestation of anger at a group who otherwise had drawn the ire of this individual. However, this person clearly felt that they were justified in expressing their hatred in this way. And they, are, and they got that idea from a media, from an academia, from a political class who has made this their primary mode of politics, honestly, their primary mode of expression of, in politics. Remember, this was covered up by the government, by the federal government, federal law enforcement, by local law enforcement for a reason. Again, there might be more. There probably is more. We're probably going to learn a lot more about this. Please understand. I'm operating from the thing that we finally got that the government tried so hard to cover up for so long. The only reason we have this now is that it was leaked. Uh, The government is now investigating how it even got leaked. So please understand. I'm not not talking about this from a a position of limited information because I want to. I'm, I'm talking about this from a position of limited information because I have to. Because the government conspired to conceal the motivation of this. And you can clearly see one of the motivations speaks against the narrative of the regime. It speaks against the narrative of the regime. It speaks against the ideas that they have about racism, about victimhood, about oppression, about the balance of power inside the United States. And it clearly speaks to the incredible danger that this leftist rhetoric represents. Anti-white rhetoric is dangerous. It gets people killed. That's its purpose. It starts as something that residuates power, but it ends in violence. And again, we see this with leftist rhetoric. We've, I've, I've always known this. I've always made this case, but we've had people of course saying, well, this, this doesn't really, that doesn't necessarily happen when I saw the arguments about colonization and decolonization when I saw the arguments in CRT when I saw the arguments being made by BLM I knew where these things were going anybody who had paid any attention to history to 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 events to to anything understands where this is going radio uh, Rwandan radio is there to drive hatred it's there to drive violence you do not talk about people like they are cockroaches you don't talk about people like they are vermin. You don't talk about people like they are less than human unless you are trying to drive towards a position where you're justifying this kind of behavior. And by the way, this kind of behavior was justified by the media, by the White House, by Joe Biden, by Madonna. They didn't understand this part of it, or at least they didn't tell us about this part of it. But they were right behind the trans community quote unquote after this happened they were ready to stand by and justify the community represented by the person who had just murdered children who had just killed 6 people at a christian school they were behind that community not the community that was victimized not the children not the christians not the church not not the area where they lived not the families none of that they were justifying The hate and they know it. And so, yeah, unsurprising that the left is pretty comfortable with using the kind of rhetoric that gets kids killed. They're they're very comfortable with that. They are very comfortable with the exercise of that kind of language. And they are not going to be, they're not going to hesitate. They're they're already talking about why this isn't indicative of what's going on. There's more to it. Again, there might be, but we don't know because it was covered up on purpose. It was silenced on purpose. OK. That that's just the situation. Hopefully not, we'll know more soon. Hopefully I'll be able to give you more information soon. Hopefully this won't just be speculation beyond the the couple pages that we have. But the government specifically went out of its way to limit this information because it contained this kind of stuff, because it told us this was the kind of person we already guessed. We already probably knew, but it gave us hard evidence that the rhetoric of the left is incredibly dangerous. It's designed to get people killed. And unfortunately, a lot of people who support Israel, a lot of people on the left who who, uh, who maybe were Jewish are discovering that with the Palestinian situation and, and decolonization they're discovering uh, that that uh, that rhetoric was always meant for them that it was uh, that that oppressor oppressed rhetoric was always dangerous and they are learning very quickly uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, that that this is an incredibly uh, dangerous place to be but, uh, it's very clear that that rhetoric goes beyond uh, the left, just the that group. And it goes to uh, people of European descent. And you can tell because of the way that this is spoken about by the shooter. All right, we'll look at the last one here really quick. So the last one here uh, just gives kind of a, mainly a time outline. It looks like there was a, like a, like a schedule. It's, it's like a young girl planning her her prom. You know, they're, they're laying out uh, all these things, uh, you know, gonna go to the range, gonna pack up all the things that they need to perpetrate this horrible crime, uh, talking about stuffed animals, eating breakfast, packing up the special belonging, belongings. So this is, again, very clearly a, a very, very sick individual. This is somebody who is delighting in what they're about to do. Who is drawing hearts around words in you know kind of this terrible ledger where they're they're documenting their plan for for doing something really horrific? Uh, no no great rev- revelations here I think other than just the, kind of the, the disturbing dichotomy between what's going on. It almost feels like this isn't real for this individual that this isn't this isn't real for the person who's about to do what they're going to do. Uh, that they're still planning this again, as if as if they're having a sleepover, a slumber party with friends. Uh, again, not surprising that someone that terrible, uh, so someone who is that mentally disturbed would have kind of this dissonance between you know what they're doing and what's going on. What, what you know, they, they probably have some kind of fantasy in their head where this is this isn't these these are just enemies, right? These are just they're, they're not victims, they're not children. These are these are. Just uh, you know, the I mean, the, these are people who've been vilified by the regime, by the media. They've been told that these are the mortal enemy of the trans community, and so it's unsurprising that they don't even see them as human, and that they would plan this terrible crime as if they were just going about their day, planning, planning to hang out with their friends afterward, that kind of thing. Uh, you, you can you can very clearly see kind of the terrible nature of of the distur- disturbed individual who's going to to bring this about. All right, guys. So that's really all there is from that. Again, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to read every bit of it. I don't have any intention of giving that that person any more uh, focus than absolutely has to be there. But I do want to say uh, I I think it's obvious why this was censored. I think it's obvious why this was kept down for so long. Uh, I think it's obvious that the people involved in a censorship have uh, pretty bad motivations uh, involved in what they're doing. And that it's very critical that information like this not be kept from the public because the rhetoric that the left is advancing is dangerous. It is something that threatens people. It is something that destroys lives. It is something that gets people killed. And it's important for the public to know that. It's not okay to hide that away. Uh, you know, and, and again, incomplete. We might find out more. Maybe there are more, more motivations. Maybe there's a story behind this that's more complicated. There probably is, again, from what I've heard. Uh, no, nothing I can confirm. You know, I can't. I can't do. By the way, uh, the journalists. Uh, I know nobody does this anymore. But but as a as a as a recovering journalist, I can tell you, you're supposed to have double uh, confirmation of these things. You're supposed to have uh, two different sources that can confirm with knowledge on the record uh, you know, what something what something is. What it says that that's how you know that it's legitimate. Uh, nobody does that anymore. Again, the the, the media were speculating. Uh, and going with the idea that the, that it was the Christian nature of the school that was the original motivation. Uh, it's sad, again, that we have to do this level of speculation. I desperately hope uh, that justice will finally be done and that we will get the full story. And when that full story comes out, if it's not what we have seen here, if it's not what's been portrayed by these pages, uh, then I will be more than happy to correct or, or to amend or to uh, kind of fill in the blanks that we don't have Right now, uh, but I again I am working with limited resources because the resources were intentionally limited by a government, by a regime, by law enforcement that wants to cover up these kind of motivations. That's more than happy to publish or manifestos or or uh, you know uh, social media or anything else if it shows that it's a right winger, if it's if it, or somebody who might have the wrong beliefs, uh, you know, for the regime. They're happy to publish those immediately. But because it was somebody who had, uh, you know, kind of the blessed identity of the moment, uh, instead of revealing these motivations, uh, that person was championed by the regime. Their community was championed by the regime. Uh, The people who were, were victims were left by the wayside. All right, guys, let's go ahead and switch over to some of your comments here. Ah, uh, Thuggo here for seven dollars. Did the people behind the left invent trans identity to pretend that there is another oppressed identity to leverage for power against society? Yes. However, I want to be careful with the idea that they invented trans identity. They did. Uh, I, I. It is obviously uh, constructed in a particular way uh, to to elicit a particular response. However, understand that the, much much of this is organic of what was already happening. Right. We had already de- de- deconstructed. What a marriage was. We had already deconstructed what a natural relationship was. We had already deconstructed what the identities of men and women were at kind of the more traditional level. And so it was only natural that if we're in this eternal revolution of deconstruction and reassembly of definitions, if we're in this eternal revolution of of destroying what came before and, and kind of gluing it back together in a way that allows the left to take power then trans identity was the next step. Uh, I've done this. You know, I've talked about this before. You can go back and look at the stream if you want with me and the Prudentialist. I believe it's me and the Prudentialist. But as Nick Land said, every disagreement is an opportunity to rule. If a man is a man, then that is a axiom that is core to reality. And axioms that are core to reality are basically what the right is. The right is the accumulation of, of of axioms that are based on the world around us. We have the tragic view of humanity. Humanity has a human nature. It is flawed. It is fallen. It will always be that way. And that we must work inside that system then to do the best we can. That's a limitation on power. The fact that those things are real and they're inevitable and that they can't be argued with is a limitation on power. So what does the left do? If they they wanna take away power from the right, when they wanna bring power to themselves, they break those things down. We break those basic building blocks of society. We break the identity of man and woman. We break the identity of marriage. We break the identity of God and family. We break those things down. And once we break those down, there's a disagreement. And once there's a disagreement, there's an opportunity to rule. Political power is unleashed from the breaking of those fundamental bonds. And the left scoops that power up. It reconstructs those identities and it forms them in a coalition that can fight against uh, kind of the natural order that arises and is usually identified as right-wing. So did they invent trans identity? Yes, in many ways, they're certainly they're being pushed in that direction. That they are they're, they're medical and ideological steps that necessitated, that were necessary to its development. However, I, I don't think it's a vast conspiracy so much as a eventual evolution of left-wing ideology. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Bruce, gender for nine ninety nine. 99 You red-pilled me and I was happy for it. I have friends and family who are unashamed, unashamedly based. I was astonished when they had no interest in Rx content I sent them. They prefer Neocon talking points. Why? Uh, so to be clear, this has been the kind of bedrock of the conservative movement for a long time. I myself was a talk radio conservative up until really just a few years ago, three or four years ago. And so uh, I I totally get this I understand this. If you have not looked beyond kind of the things that are repeatedly said over and over again that are shuffled out by neoconservative think tanks and perpetuated on mainstream conservative radio or television, then it's very hard to see many of these issues. And even though these people might be base, they might have the and it often it is usually the case that the conservative audience is. More is actually much more right-wing, much more conservative than the pundit class, uh, they might not be ready for some of this stuff. And that's okay. I, one thing I've t- I'm told very often is I'm the bridge between kind of the talk radio conservative and some of the, the more vanguard ideas that we explore here. And I'm happy to do that, right? I'm not always the cutting-edge guy. And that's fine. I'm happy to, to serve as a, that kind of bridge because I, I was that person who made that journey. I understand the necessity of that journey. And I and I feel like there are really important things that we can talk with our friends and family about, shared goals and understandings that we come from the same place. We have the same goals. We have the same motivations. And so there's ways to link these things and kind of slowly but surely explain why this is a better understanding of the situation. We share the same goals, we share the same values, we share the same religion, we share the, we share the same worldview but we're simply looking at a more effective way to reach those goals. And I think that's the best way to communicate many, many of these things. Uh, Bruce again here uh, part two, they prefer stuff like uh, daily wider wire Crowder, etc. Again. Yeah. I mean, look again, I watched all that stuff a, a few years ago. I was familiar with all those, those people. There are good people on in some of that stuff. Um, you know, so, so it's, it's not a general, uh I, i've even been on Daily Wire. i was on i was on uh, michael knoll's show uh before i ended up joining the blaze here at, at one point uh so there are people there that will listen to the kind of stuff that i'm saying the kind of stuff that you're talking about uh so so don't don't write that stuff off even though i understand it's frustrating many times there's a lot of talking points left over uh neocon stuff that that's still bumping around that that's kind of trash i get you i'm frustrated by that stuff too it's been a lot of time explaining why it's wrong however just remember, these are people who are on your team. Uh, these are people that you're looking to convert, not people that you're trying to decry. Um, don't 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 go in there hostile. Go in there with the attitude of, hey, I share this, this understanding. I share these values. I just want to bring you to something that's more effective, closer to the real thing. So I'll go here again for $5. These sick little puppies are getting hopped up on Wrong sex hormones and stimulants. What does that tell you about the medical community? It, it tells you that for the most part, the medical community will do whatever they're told and whatever's profitable. Uh, we you can there's have been great work done by multiple people, including uh Chris Rufo, Libs of TikTok and others, uh, you know, showing these conferences where these doctors get up in front of these uh, you know, these physicians or these medical boards or you know, these different groups, and they tell them how this is just gonna be an amazing financial boon. How the, these people are are basically medical slaves who are locked into your services for the rest of their life, and how amazing this how amazing this is going to be for the bottom line, that kind of thing. I think uh, sadly, doctors are not some magical, mystical class that you know, the Hippocratic oath absolves them of self interest. I think they're as interested in profit and in political acceptability as anyone else, uh, just like teachers, just like police officers, just like anyone else. Uh, no one is immune to this stuff, unfortunately. And so it's going to continue to be an issue. Uh uh Pronomian Chomsky for 499. Remember a week or so after this Tennessee got itself a reboot of young MLK arguing to ban assault weapons, even got to meet uh meet with the president. Yeah, again, you you have uh, all of these figures that arise during this. Uh, you're right. That uh, that, you know, I think that was a protester who was at the Tennessee House, if I remember correctly. And that's where they got a lot of notoriety. And yes, they were rewarded for it. That is interesting because, of course, they did focus on the weapons there. But 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 what I thought was more interesting was in general that the, the focus was not on the weapons, which is usually is when Democrats are involved, when it looks like somebody with Democratic sympathies or leftist sympathies involved. Usually it's a focus on the weapons. However, in this case, it was a focus on basically, well, Christians deserve this because they passed a bunch of bills saying you can't trans their kids. And so, so and so. this is what they had coming. Uh, but yes, you're right that he did immediately become a uh, a minor celebrity in that moment, though no one remembers him now. So I guess that's, I hope he got all 15 minutes of that fan. Uh Bolero, three, nine, three for $2. Or McIntyre is the BoomerCon whisper. I do my best. Uh, they are my people. Uh, they, they are, they are the people I grew up with, the people who I love. And, uh, so I, I do it all out of love because, uh, the, I think this is the most reachable group. I think these are the people who are natural allies. And I think it's critical for them to get to peer into that little bit of reality that I got to peer into so that they can take the same, uh, the same journey. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Le fromage for $10. I'm hoping that is a Dexter's laboratory reference to the cheese omelet episode. I've noticed now that the new, uh, how the new right equivalent of boomer Khan's only advanced arguments. If it affects minorities is being anti-Zionist because Muslims are, um, is being anti-Zionist because Muslims are based. No one can argue for their own people. Uh, yeah, you do see a lot of proxy, uh, arguments, um, I I'll be doing an episode this week. Uh, I already kind of uh, pre-taped it with Jeremy Carl of the Claremont Institute about kind of the curious case of kind of proxy nationalism that we saw that we're seeing with both Iran and or sorry, uh, Israel and Ukraine in the United States and why that phenomenon exists. Uh, but you are right that this is something that people tend to do. Uh, I think a big part of it is also just the, uh, the incentive structure, uh, you, you notice this with the Republicans, they couldn't oppose affirmative action uh, that predominantly targeted uh, white students or, 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 or uh, many white people until it affected Asian students at Harvard. Uh, they, they, they did the same thing with kind of uh, sex differences. They wouldn't acknowledge them until it was women who were being victimized in women's sports. Uh, They understand the rules that the left have laid down. They understand where identity politics are are acceptable and that they understand that identity politics are powerful. And so they use them whenever they think they can get away with it. And that's usually by centering themselves on groups that are favored by the left. Uh, It's a really unfortunate and ugly phenomenon. We should have a better class of political discussion. We should be more able to directly address many of these issues. But this is the reality that many people uh, kind of uh, identify. And they, may, they avail themselves of those opportunities, whether right or wrong. Cherub Cow here for $10. Uh, thank you for your efforts. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate everybody coming by. I know this is a little bit of a shorter stream. I didn't want to belabor this. I just wanted to kind of get out the breaking news and, and talk a little bit about kind of the remind people of the situation in which this originally occurred, the original response, kind of the revelations we have now, and make it clear again that When we understand more, I will be more than happy to revisit this and 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 give it a greater context. We are simply working behind this kind of in this fog of war scenario, explicitly again because the government is forcing us to do so. It's a very stupid thing. Uh, It's it's something that we we should not have to do Uh, if we had a government that cared about us at all. This is not the way that we would have to operate. But unfortunately, that is not the case, and so here we are. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Of course, if it's your first time. Coming by the channel. Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. If you'd like to make sure that you can catch all of my content, even the stuff that gets censored by YouTube, make sure that you're going to places like Blaze TV or that you're subscribing to the podcast. Uh, you can go to the Orr McIntyre show on your favorite podcast platform. And if you do that, make sure that you leave a rating or review. That really helps with the algorithm. Thank you once again, everyone. And as always, I will talk to you next time.